This one takes him all the way to the round of 12. He wins again at Richmond. And that's awesome. Set out with a goal. I got it here, bud. Thank you very much. Welcome to Full Tank with Phil, the first podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We are taking the green flag on yet another episode. And on this week's episode, We'll be doing a number of different things. First, we'll start by recapping Richmond, what went down on the racetrack and how it played out for our bets that we talked about last week. Lots to talk about on that front for sure. Then, the meat and potatoes of this episode, we're looking ahead, as always, to the race that's coming up, and it's the Bristol Night Race. That has to be a lot of people's favorite race of the summer. It's definitely mine. So we're going to talk about... All the standard stuff, money lines, head-to-head picks, top tens, prop bets, anything you get your hands on, we're all over it this weekend. And then, the final part of this episode, we're going to take a look at the championship odds and how they look right now, because if you're looking to put in a future bet, I think there's some things that you can consider and some drivers out there that you might take some value on. So, that's the rundown for this week's episode. It's going to be a good one. So, like always, we'll start by taking a look at the race that was, and this week it was Richmond last Saturday night, and I'm kicking myself because Brad Keselowski is your winner coming out of Richmond. I am kind of pissed off. We did not have him on the money line, and you know, thinking back at it, looking back at it, we took Logano, and it was really kind of a toss-up between the two of them. But I, I you know, my hands up on that one, straight up missed. Little peeved about you know some stuff that I heard on the broadcast with the NBC guys talking about how Kozlowski was super confident calling his shot earlier in the week. Where was that news? As a gambler, I would have loved to have heard that shit before the race was actually going off. You know what I mean? If he was so confident in this race car that they're bringing to the track, he was calling his shot, saying he's going to win the race. I would have loved to have known that. That would have swung me one way or the other. So. A little annoyed that we didn't hit on the money line, but we definitely made out pretty good last week because we had two of three. We have been all over Austin Dillon. Everybody's singing his praises. We were singing Austin Dillon's praises before everybody else. So we cashed in on him again, plus 215 to finish in the top 10. He had another really great finish in this round of the playoffs back-to-back, so gotta love that. We also cash in with the Clint Boyer top 10, so that felt good as well. But the big money, for me at least, and I called it out on the podcast last week, was in the head-to-head section. I said, Kurt Busch over Blaney is the lock of a lifetime. I threw, personally, just a ton of money on that one, more so than I've ever thrown on a head-to-head, just because of how confident I was, and that also cashed in a little bit closer than I would have liked uh, throughout the race, but still locked that one in and it really paid off for us. Head to head overall, though, two and two. Still not where we want to be, but, you know, we're not in the doghouse there. And uh, one with our daily fantasy lineup that we put out there on Instagram. So all in all, feeling pretty good there. Now, if you did listen to last week's episode, we talked about fantasy NASCAR. I had Cousin Greg on going through our roster and Cousin Greg, that scoundrel, Beat me by two points in Fantasy NASCAR last week. I could not believe that one when the dust finally settled on that matchup. But 
hey, we move on, and I'll get them later in the season. So, all in all, really good week um, gambling-wise. Still, you know, can't believe we missed out on Brad, but everything, you know, we came out on top for the bets that we put in last week. So, feeling pretty good coming into Bristol now. Just to harp on Richmond for a little bit longer there, I mean, the far as the race is concerned there were some things that i liked and things that i didn't like one thing that i really liked i already touched on it austin dillon i love seeing these guys who are not necessarily known as the big dogs in the game really stepping up and putting some pressure on some of these larger names like you know the big guns harvick truex hamlin you know we're seeing a new name out there, and he's really doing well. And that is so key for this sport to progress. You need parity in order to keep the interest of the fans. You need more guys who have a shot to win week in and week out. So uh, Austin has done a great job. We'll see if he can keep it going and make his way into the next round of the playoffs. But that was something that I really like to see. But overall, is a lack of cautions a good thing or a bad thing? I was uh, texting with my buddy Nick. He's our resident Eric Almarola fan. And he was texting me at one point saying, can they really go a full race without a, a natural caution? And I didn't think they could, but they actually did. And that was uh, very interesting to see. I personally don't find that very entertaining. That's why, really, I love gambling on the sport. Because when you do get a, a quote, boring race, you could call it, uh, I mean, there are people that are going to argue against that, but my rebuttal would be if you've got, you know, 11 guys, 12 guys on the lead lap towards the end of the race, that's not awesome. So, you know, I'm not necessarily for that, but really that's what gambling's for, to help out those types of races and uh, really offset the boring aspect of it. So really surprising that we went caution-free there. My take on that is... You know, it was really the calm before the storm, I think, because coming in the last round of these playoffs, going to Bristol, first time that Bristol's been the the cutoff for a playoff series like this, I believe, I think it's going to get a little out of control. People were kind of minding their P's and Q's a bit, um, not really willing to put somebody in the wall. This week, I think things are going to change, so I would not imagine that's going to continue this week to the half mile under the lights, but... Jeff Gluck's poll, I mean, he's one that we use as a barometer, and I, I think most of NASCAR Nation agreed, was 44% said it was a good race. That was the lowest Richmond race he has on record. So very uh, telling there. So if you're a NASCAR fan that you know was out there pretty bored with the race, come to our side. Come to listen in, and we'll gamble on the race together and make it a little bit more interesting as we go. So that's the only takeaway I have from that one. Uh, as far as it being a, a little bit of a boring race. I don't think it's going to be that way this weekend, so now let's look ahead because Bristol's where we're going next. And could you call this a crown jewel race? I mean, I think if they had majors in NASCAR, this would definitely be contender for one of those majors. I look forward to this race every year, no matter where it is on the schedule because I know it's moved around a little bit. But you got to love it. The night race. We only got two left this is one of them, and next week's a Sunday night race, and that's due to the 
the time difference in Las Vegas. So this is the last true night race, really, on Saturday night for the season. So we got to take advantage of it. So let's start by taking a look at the Sean Boy track stats. That's right, Sean Boy, we're coming down to the fourth quarter of the year. And if you've got some numbers, issues going on at work, you better give Sean Boy a call. He will be there to bail you out so you're not having a bad fourth quarter. Sean Boy is your expert with all the numbers, needs, Excel files, spreadsheets. It doesn't matter what you need. Sean Boy is there for you. Just remember, Sean Boy, he's our boy. At Bristol, huge sample size, 118 races. We gotta love that. Sean Boy loves that. You have to. From the poll, the winner has started on the poll 27 times. The last time it happened, we don't have to look back too far. Brad Kozlowski, earlier this year, 2020. That's right. I, I can't remember saying that recently on the podcast. So that's definitely something to consider. But before that, you don't even have to look too far after that. Hamlin won the last race here. It was the night race a year ago from the pole as well. So looking further, three out of the last five races at Bristol, the winner had started on the pole. So very interesting. And who's starting on the pole this week? Well, a little bit different now with the COVID rules, but Keselowski's starting on the pole. So can he go back to back from the pole twice in one year? That would be a very interesting storyline if they did do that. So we'll see. Now, Starting in the top five, the winner has started there 68 times. That's about 57% of the time the winner starting in the top five. That's pretty standard for what we're seeing, especially on short tracks. And top 10, pretty much the same deal, 93 times. That's 78% of the time the winner starting within the top 10. Now, starting outside of the top 20, it's only happened six times in the history of Bristol Motor Speedway. That's 5%. Last time it happened, Kevin Harvick in 2016. And then before that, it was Dale Jr. in 2004. So very far, very you know tough to do at this racetrack. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a very short track, the shortest we have on the circuit. So yeah, if you're starting outside the top 20, those guys are going to be coming quick. So you better get up there before you get lapped. Now, manufacturer stats, just to kind of look at it, the Chevy group has struggled here recently. All right. They've only had two wins of the last 14 races here. That is crazy. And they're in a six race drought. So I'd like to try to find these trends when it comes to the manufacturer. That's definitely something to consider. The trend recently has been two Toyota wins in a row, then one Ford, two Toyota wins in a row, then a Ford. And that's where we're at right now. So if that pattern were to continue, we'd start off with the Toyota group again, but I don't know. I don't know how much you believe in that pattern continuing. So either way, it's something to think about. Now, when we look at the track stats and where people are starting from, this is a big deal at Bristol because you have to be cognizant of the fact that if you look at the starting order for Bristol this weekend, it's the top 16 guys. They're all in the playoffs. You're not going to have a non-playoff driver within the top 16. That's a big deal. You know, if you're looking to take a, a long shot, you see somebody you like really down the list. You have to take that into consideration. They're probably starting outside the top 20, so that's going to be a tough, tough thing for them to do. Now, looking at the odds and talking about kind of our strategy going into this week, they have a lot of guys kind of bunched up together. A little bit different than what we've seen the past few races where we've had just monster favorites and then a huge drop-off. We've got kind of a group of six guys in this spectrum from plus 450 down to plus 900. Then it's a jump to plus 1600 of guys who are, you know, a little 
bit more of a long shot to win this race. Now you can get some value there, but for our purposes, the picks that I'm going to be calling out, they're going to be in that group of that spectrum 450 to 900, just because I think that's really the sweet spot. Obviously we'll talk about why we like each guy to win, but just want to mention the favorite is Denny Hamlin. He's going off at that plus 450 number. And I do think that's a pretty good number. I'm not going to be calling Denny out as one of my picks this week. It, it was haunting me. I was kind of going back and forth. I'll talk about who I'm taking instead of him. But if you remember earlier this year, I said that Kozlowski won that race in the springtime. Hamlin was up front. Then he got loose. And then we had a, a wreck between two other guys. So Kozlowski won the race, but he was a little bit Johnny on the spot situation. So uh, I am taking a little bit more going with a value approach. So I'm not going with... Harvick, not going with Hamlin, all right, not going with the, the big name in that sense because the, the goal of this week is really trying to find some value because I think because they're a little bit more bunched up, there's some opportunity there. So let's get to the picks, and we're going to start with the guy who is just head and shoulders owning this racetrack. He's going off at plus 600. That's phenomenal value for this guy. It's Kyle Busch. I, I, some of these picks may sound familiar from a week ago. I, I apologize for that because week in and week out, the tracks change and their stats change, but it's not, you know, my fault. If these guys stand out to you going to the next racetrack and Kyle, he's good here. But on top of that, it's really now or never. I mean, is he going to get a win? Is he going to step up and say, you know what, I'm here to actually play the game or am I just going to fade away? This is what I would consider one of his best tracks. And if it's not going to be here, I don't know where it's going to be. We've talked about how these odds for these drivers have been kind of like the stock market, right? We've seen Kyle super short odds to start the season, plus 300, plus 400. He was the favorite, you know, for a while there. And then he completely dropped like a rock because the sports book started to pick up on that. And he was down to around plus 1200, plus 1400. Well, now they see that he's good here. So he's starting to shoot back up a little bit, but I still think that it's worth it. Now, looking at his stats, the last 10 races here, three wins in the last 10 races. That's really, really good. No matter what racetrack you're at five, top fives, six, top tens, his average finish in those last 10 races, though, this is a kind of a negative. If you're a Kyle Busch hater, you would love this. His average finish is not even within the top 10 out of everyone, all right? It's 15.1. That doesn't make it into the top 10 list for average finish in the last 10 races. So that's because he's really been either really, really good or really, really bad finishing. Um, so he's had some rough races in the past. He had what I would say a pretty bad rough patch, like three races in a row. He was finishing like outside the top 25, top 30. So that's going to kill your average. But his career average finish is 13.1. That's good enough for third out of everyone going on Saturday night. And if you just focus in on his last five races, all right, he had a fourth, fourth, first, then a 20th, and then another first. So in his last five races, his average is phenomenal. He's first out of laps led for everyone in the field and his drive rating is first 102.2 i love the driver rating stat because that's telling you with those bad finishes he was still in it putting down laps 
going towards the front, if not leading laps. I mean, that tells you that, yeah, he might have had some bad finishes where his average finish is kind of off a bit, like we just talked about, but the driver ratings telling you and the laps led are telling you that he had a car that could do some damage. It's just he didn't get the finish he was looking for. So all that being said, he has the ability. He has the history. And that team, Joe Gibbs and the 18, has the ability to put something together. This has to be something that they've had circled on their calendar. This playoff round, you think of Kyle, right? He's not the Kyle of the past. That's what they talk about every week, and it's brutal. But he had 7th place finish in Darlington and 6th place last week at Richmond. He's silently hanging in there. He's really a snake in the grass, really, if you want to look at it glass half full, if you're a Kyle Busch fan. So all of this is that equation strength plus value equals the solid pick. That's where we're getting here for Kyle Busch. I mean, he, his stats are phenomenal. His odds plus 600 really good stuff. So that means I'm going to pick him on the money line. And on top of that, if you like that pattern we called out for the manufacturer, he's driving Toyota. So all in all, good stuff. And the cherry on top is that he has the ability, if you look at where he started in races in the past and where he's finished, he has the ability to move through the field. So even if he was starting way in the back, or if he had to go to the back for some sort of reason, you know, pre-race inspection or something like that, he has the ability to move through the field at this racetrack. It just comes to him. He feels it. So I like Kyle. I think you can't go wrong. Even if, you know, he were to not win the race, I still would feel confident when that green flag drops on Saturday night. So plus 600 for the 18 car. Now, I want to talk about two more guys, and these are the two guys who got into each other in the spring race. We're talking first about Chase Elliott going off at plus 650. Good odds there for Chase. He's been close so many times. He has two wins, but one of them was the road course, the Daytona road course, and the other one was the second Charlotte race earlier in the year. He's been close. Bristol, he was close. Darlington, he was close. It just hasn't come to him. At what point you know, is he going to step up and really just do what everyone anticipates him doing and just taking this season, taking this series by the horns? I mean, it, it's ripe for the picking, and he has the ability to jump up into that upper echelon of guys, but you got to go out and win races like this. So in his nine races here, he has no wins, but three top fives, four top tens in those nine starts. His average finish all time, 12.9. That's all-time good enough for first on the circuit. And in the last 10 races, you know, compared to everybody, that's good enough for eighth on the circuit. So still solid numbers no matter which way you look at it. His driver rating is third out of everyone, 96.7. So that's really good for what you would consider a younger driver. I mean, only nine stars at this place. So he has a pattern where since they changed his car to the nine car from the 24, when he's finished outside the top 10 at this racetrack, he's followed it up with a top 10, sometimes a top five. So that's pretty good. And his last finish here was outside of the top 10. So that would tell you that he's going to be up there if that pattern were to continue. And all you need to be, you know, we talked about how Richmond didn't have any real caution, so it kind of got stretched out. But if you've got a late race caution and you're in it, I mean, you're in that first three rows, four rows. You've got a chance to win the race at Bristol. So good stuff. On top of everything, 
I have heard him say that he loves this straight racetrack more than any other track. He loves Bristol. So I don't know how serious he was. I don't know if he was just hamming it up for the interview, but I want the guys to, I want to bet on the guys who love being there. I don't like the guys who are just kind of gripping the wheel, you know, white knuckling it, just trying to get through. I like the guys who like being there. So he's got to stop being the bridesmaid and become the bride at some point, you know, stop getting knocked out of the way win some races because if he's going to win a championship this year, he's going to need some more bonus points helping him through to that final four. So big weekend here for Chase. I would not be surprised if he were to, you know, run through victory lane, super happy making it in the next round. So mark me down for the nine car plus six fifty. Now the last guy we're going to call out on the money line to win the race is Joey Logano, and he's got the best odds for you as the gambler, plus 900. That's right. This is similar to Kyle. And what I mean by that is he's been kind of quiet, all right? He hasn't been bad by any means. I mean, he's cruising into the next round, you would imagine. But he's been very quiet, and he hasn't won a race since they restarted from the COVID stuff. He had two wins at the beginning of the season. And then when they put the season on hold, since coming back, he hasn't had a victory. But in these two playoff races, back-to-back third-place finishes. Really good stuff. That's what we want. We want the, the guy who's hot now plus the guy who historically can show some good numbers at a racetrack. So let's talk about his last 10 races. One win, four top fives, seven top tens. His average finish stats are very telling. All right, all time for his career, his average finish at Bristol is 15.3. That is not within the top 10 for that stat. But if you just focus on the last 10 races of his career, 9.2 is his average finish. That's good enough for third out of everyone. So big stuff. He's good here now. He's good right now in 2020. His driver rating at Bristol is ninth out of everyone. It's 90.5. He's second in laps led. He has the most points earned out of any driver in the last 10 races here. So that stat's kind of skewed because some of the big names might have not run all 10 races. But for anyone that has run 10 races, I mean, he's got the most points. That's a really good stat, in my opinion. He won a little bit further back in 2015. His win within the last 10 races came, you know, a little further back. But I just want to call out. His last two races at Bristol, he had the wreck with Chase, where he ended up finishing 21st. And then last year, this time, he had a 16th place finish. But before that, he had seven of eight top 10 finishes, and four of those were in the top five. So really good numbers. If you you know think about it, I mean, if he and Chase didn't wreck, he would have finished either first or second, which would have been great for the average finish and all the stats. But you have to take that in consideration. So before that, really good numbers. And then... We talked about how he was good, you know, two third-place finishes in a row, but you could even take that further back, all right? Eight out of his last nine races, he's finished in the top 10, and the one that he didn't was Daytona. So that's going all the way up, all the way back to Loudoun, which feels like a lifetime ago. So really good stuff here, and he, to me, and we talked about Kyle having good stats, Chase just kind of having the feel for it right now, Joey has the value plus strength equals money line pick equation to a T right now. So I'm loving it. The 22 car plus 900. Really good value here. I would think that might go down on race day. So lock it in. 
when you can get it. So just to recap the three money line picks that I have, throwing them out there this week for the night race at Bristol, Kyle Busch plus 600, Chase Elliott plus 650, and Logano plus 900. All right, all right, all right. Next, we'll jump into the prop bet section because we've got a number of different types of bets to talk about here. But we're going to start with the top 10 picks. We've been doing pretty well with these guys over the last few weeks. And no, we're not going to take Austin Dillon again. I think we got to address that right off the bat. We've picked him the last two weeks, and it worked out really well for us. But on top of the fact that Austin's stats aren't screaming at me this week, I still like him, and I hope that he does well again this week. But his value has dropped a little bit where he just becomes a little bit too risky for us to take in this area. So he's going off at minus 121 to finish in the top 10. And that's just too rich for my blood. We were getting him at plus 215. So a big difference there this week. The sports books are clearly picking up on what he's doing, and, and we're not going to ride with him again this week, even though we wish him well. But someone who we picked last week that we will continue to run with is Clint Boyer. Now, he's going off at minus 122. Now, you say to yourself, well, it's pretty much the same odds. But the reason for that is his stats at Bristol really jump off the page sheet compared to someone like Austin. So if you have to choose between the two, which we're doing here, it's really telling us He's the one to go with. Now, he also has been doing well for us. He had another top 10 for us last week. So, hey, let's get back on that horse. In his last 10 races, Clint Boyer has three top fives and eight top tens. That is phenomenal. That's up towards the top of everyone when you're looking at top tens. Those guys that we called out to win the race, none of them. Chase, Bush, Logano, none of those guys have eight top tens in the last 10 races. So really good numbers there. And when you look at average finish in the last 10 races for Boyer, he's fourth on that list with an average finish of 9.5. That's what we're looking for. You do your average stuff there, Clint, you're going to cash in for us. So good stuff. He finished second earlier in the year. Now we put the, the normal 2020 lens on it with the playoffs and it's even more of a reason to bet on it because he currently is just inside the cutoff line, but I think it's only by a few points. So he's going to be looking to go out and point himself into the next round. He's a good guy to bet on if you like betting on someone that you're going to see a lot of during the race because they're going to have his stats up on that left side letting you know where he stands in terms of the playoff hunt. So he's going to be trying to point his way in they're going to be very happy with a nice little top five. If they come home sixth or seventh, they're going to be thrilled because that should lock them into the next round. So got to go with Clint here, minus 122. And the cherry on top with Clint is that he's got five straight top 10 finishes here at Bristol. So let's make it six and we'll cash in all together. We're going to arrive at the 14 car. He's going to lock himself into the next round and lock us in for a nice bet hitting this weekend at Bristol. So we got to like that. Now, we're going to kind of move from more of a, a sure thing to a couple longer shots because when we're talking about top 10 picks, it's not, you know, it's good to take these guys who are minus money, but I also like to take a little bit more of a shot. That's what we did with Austin, and that's how we got a good return on our investment there. So we're going to take a couple shots on some guys for some different reasons here. Plus 175 the odds for Christopher Bell to finish in the top 10. 
You might be wincing right now listening to that, but Christopher Bell has some good stats here at Bristol from his Xfinity and truck races. So looking at four starts in the Xfinity series, he has one win and two top five finishes. So good stuff there. He has a first, a second, and a 14th recently, most recently in the Xfinity series. Then in the trucks, he had three starts and two of them were in the top 10. So this is, you know, tough to do for a rookie, but you look at those stats and you say, all right, well, there's a reason why this guy's now in cup because he is making his way around this place, seems to have a pretty good handle on it, has a victory, knows where victory lane is because of the, the win in Xfinity. So that's all good stuff. But then you take a look at what he did this year in 2020. He came home ninth earlier this year. So he was someone who was able to make his way around some of the wrecks and he might have been a benefactor of, you know, some of the big guns dropping out. Hamlin, Logano, Elliott, in that race earlier in the year, those guys, you know, dropped back a bit. And Bell was in the right spot at the right time. But that's kind of what you're looking for. I mean, plus 175 is the value pick. So because of everything that we're saying, the track history from the lower series, the fact that he was able to pull it off earlier this year, tells me that he's in a good space. He's in a good headspace. He knows where he's going next year, where he's driving. He's upgrading to that 20 car. So everything is looking up for Christopher Bell right now. So very worry-free race. He's going to go out and he's going to bring that car home top 10 and cash a plus 175 ticket for us. So a little bit more of a risk, but that's what I'm all about with these top 10 picks. Now, the last one that I'm going to call out is another playoff driver. And this is one of the best values you can get from a playoff driver. It's Matt DiBenedetto, plus 150 to finish in the top 10. Now, Matt has some different stats. He's kind of all over the place. He's been here. He has 10 starts here. So in the last 10 races, two top 10 finishes. He's got it done. But pointing in for Matt DiBenedetto is not an option. He's in a must-win scenario. So in that case, you could look at it with that context and say, well, he's going to be checkers or wreckers, and why would you want to take him to finish in the top 10? But I don't think that's how it's going to play out for that 21 car. I think that he's going to be driving the wheels off of that thing to try to win the race and just come up short. That's what I'm banking on. I don't think DiBenedetto is going to win the race on Saturday night, but I think he's going to come close. And if he's up there and he's going to come close... Well, we want to be there to cash in on that effort. Now, if you remember, last year, this time, he was in a similar situation. Not a playoff hunt, but he had just recently lost his job driving the 95, and he was really marketing himself, trying to go out and, and get a win. And I think a lot of people were cheering for him to win that race because he was up there towards the end, had the lead, had it taken from him by Hamlin late in the race, but... He was just driving the balls off of that car, and he's showing that he can do it. So that was driving the 95. Now he's in the 21. A little bit better machine, I guess you could say, and he's got three affiliated teammates with the Penske group that are all in the playoffs. So they're all reading each other's notes. I think he's in a good spot to make another run like that. So the other stat that I want to call out, I mean, I called out the fact that he finished second here last year, but... He's been in a few different cars throughout his career. And I've noticed that his second start 
with a new numbered vehicle, he's finished in the top 10. So the 83 car, his second start, he was in the top 10. And the 95 car, his second start, he was second place, well within the top 10, top five even. So this is his second start in the 21 car. So, hey, I'm looking, scratching and clawing for anything here. Plus 150, solid value for a playoff driver with a guy who has the, the passion to get it done. I think he's going to come up short on the win, but he's going to cash us in for a top 10. So, Clip Boyer, minus 122. Christopher Bell, plus 175. And Matty D, plus 150. I like those guys to finish in the top 10. Now, some other Prop bets, let's touch on a couple of the, the fun ones, right? True prop bets over and under and odd or even. Over under this week, they're setting the same line. 11.5 is the over under. And this week, I think, even though I called out a couple guys, Logano and Kyle Busch to win the race earlier, I kind of hedge my bet a little bit and take the under minus 141 on this one. You've got Hamlin in there, which is really the big one for me. Uh, I'm not taking Hamlin and any of these bets we've called out so far. So I kind of like having some insurance there if he were to, to win and dominate. So like that, then of course you have Harvick, you have our champion from earlier in the year and Brad Keselowski. So all those guys are in the under 11.5 camp and I'm, I'm digging on that. But for the honor even, kind of throwing caution to the wind there. All right, I'm going to go odd. It's not the favorite. It's a heavy underdog, plus 125 compared to the, the minus 170 for the even group. But that's really more of a fun bet. You know, I'm going to have a lot of action out there this weekend, and I'm going to go with the underdog pick on a fun bet like that just to try to cash in in case something wild does happen. You know, say Austin Dillon does put the, the car in victory lane, or even a Kurt Busch, you know, Chase Elliott. A lot of these guys are more long shots, but, hey, anything could happen, so... I'm going to go with the odd just for fun in that area. Now, a couple more bets to talk about when we're talking props. Top Chevy driver is one that stuck out to me because this is the group that has been struggling at this racetrack. The manufacturer, the Chevy group, hasn't had a win here in a little while. So we're talking about who's going to finish out of the all the Chevy drivers, who's going to have the best finish? And Chase is a huge favorite. He's going off at plus 125. So we already talked about how at least I'm throwing money on him to win the race. Now, this is kind of some Chase insurance. The huge drop-off goes back to guys that are plus 500, like Kurt Busch and Austin Dillon. And then even further back, you got like Jimmy Johnson plus 650. So these are guys, I mean, Johnson I'm kind of out on. I might talk about him later, but... You know, Alex Bowman, I mean, he's in the playoff hunt. William Byron's in the playoff hunt. These are guys that could very well be the top Chevy driver because you don't have to win the race to be the top Chevy driver is what we've seen in the past. So looking at, you know, the history here, Kurt won this race in a Ford four races back, but still he has the ability to be up there. And it's not a given that Chase Elliott is just going to be the top Chevy guy. He's only been the top Chevy driver once in the last five years. So I think the plus 500 number for either Austin or Kurt is some good insurance there for you. That's a huge number. I mean, plus 500 is a big time number, especially depending on how much money you're putting down on it. So I really like kind of the insurance on the nine car, betting on either one of those two guys. Then the last thing I'm going to call out, has to do with Martin Truex Jr. 
probably talk about him in a, a second in the head-to-head section. I don't know. The, the head-to-heads haven't come out as I speak right now. But his numbers at Bristol are not good. So because of that, he has the ability to have some better odds. He's going off at plus 1,600 to win the race. That's just astronomical for Martin Truex, but it makes sense. You know, that number is reflecting what he's done in the past. But there's a prop bet that usually comes out closer to race day. I don't have the exact number on me right now, but I'm just throwing this out there as a lean, a a keep your eyes open type of deal. There's a prop bet that says, will they finish in the top five? Yes or no? And no is typically a heavy favorite. You're giving up a lot of money to say no. But for a guy that's going off at these long odds, the yes option is going to be some pretty good value. Week in and week out, I usually go through this list and I'm trying to find the right combination of you know the value and the driver that it makes sense to take. And if you were to say yes for Martin Truex Jr. for this week to finish in the top five, it would not be for his Bristol history, but it would be for how hot he is right now. I mean, he's got a big time streak going in finishing in the top five. So can he keep that going is the question. Do you believe in that streak? Yes or no. And if the answer is yes, then and he hits, you could cash in on a pretty good ticket there. So just throwing that out there as a lean, like I said, his numbers are pretty bad and I'll probably talk about him in a second here head to head. But regardless, I mean, it's a, another nice little insurance ticket um, and, and something else to keep your eyes on. So that's the, the keep your eye on it type of bet. And that's going to wrap up all of our prop bets this week. I'm feeling pretty good about these picks, so we'll cash these tickets in, I'm sure. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys! So now we have arrived at the head-to-head section of the podcast. Last week, we came up really big here because this is where we had the lead pipe lock and I cashed in big time. I don't have anything like that that's standing out to me this week, so it's going to take a little bit more skill to maneuver through the matchups. The books have put together some really good ones this week, and I'm anxious to start talking about them and see how we feel as we go through them. So I've got four of them here, queued up, ready to go, and we're going to start at the top of the order here. Eric Almarola. Minus 133 versus Jimmy Johnson, plus 100. Now, this one throws me for a little bit of a loop, okay? Because you're looking at this, really it's stats versus a playoff driver. So, Jimmy Johnson is that stat guy. And when I first went into this, I was thinking, okay, Jimmy Lifetime at Bristol must be pretty good. But recently, he's probably not all that great But I would be wrong in thinking that. So diving into it here, in his last 10 races, Jimmy Johnson has one win from 2017, four top fives, and seven top tens. His average finish is 9.0. That's second out of all active drivers in the last 10 races. This is recently now. We're not talking about long time ago. This is Jimmy during his struggles has been pretty good here. Now, that average finish at 9.0, Something to note, his average starting position is 15.9. So, right, call it 16, okay? That tells me that he's able to move up from a bad starting position. Keep that in mind. He was third here in the springtime, the 2020 race. His driver rating is sixth. So, these are all stats that you want to see in a head-to-head matchup 
because the next guy we're about to talk about doesn't have anything like this. So right away you're thinking, okay, Jimmy is a guy to reckon with here. Now, one downside is he's starting 24th, but I made it very clear a second ago, he's able to improve on his starting position. Now, Eric Almirola, he has one top 10 in his last 10 races here, and it was a sixth place finish in 2018. His stats are not good here. Average finish, 25.6. His average starting position, because I like to compare when we call out stats, his average starting position is 15th, right around where Jimmy typically starts. So what we're seeing here is two drivers in the last 10 races that have typically started right around the same position, 15, 16. One goes up, one goes down. So that's telling me, wow, you know, Jimmy Johnson is probably the one to go with here. Almirola's driver rating, just to call that out as well, is 22nd. So continues with the trend of being just dismal at this racetrack. Johnson is plus 100. That means he's the big-time underdog in this matchup. Now, that has to be because Almirola is starting 10th, and he's in the playoff hunt. Last week, I took Jimmy Johnson in a head-to-head -head matchup, and he really let me down. And last Saturday night, I don't know if I was drunk or whatever, but I was saying out loud, I'm not taking him again in this playoffs because he really just checked out. He didn't have anything go wrong with the car or anything. He was just getting lapped. He was three laps down in the second stage, it felt like. And it just felt like he didn't want to be there. This, after going through these stats, I have to go with Jimmy Johnson. I love the value at plus 100. I love the stats, everything that we're seeing here. It just seems like that's the right move here. And if all of those stats didn't do it for you, here's one that just completely jumps off the page to you. So the season series head-to-head -head between these two guys, 16 to 11 for in favor of Amarola, which, you know, kind of makes sense. He's in the playoffs. He's had a good year. But head-to-head -head at Bristol, Jimmy Johnson is 10 to 0 versus Eric Amarola in the last 10 races. Since I've been doing this podcast for the last year plus now, I can't remember a 10-0 score versus another driver especially and if it does exist that 10 to 0 guy would not be the big time underdog in the matchup so i'm locking it in plus 100 for the 48 car his last time around the bristol night race you know maybe richmond didn't do it for him but maybe bristol gets the adrenaline up and gets him back in the mix so johnson over almirola non-playoff versus playoff driver I'm going with the non-playoff driver here, a little bit of a risk, plus 100. Next one, we have another battle between non-playoff and playoff driver. We have a few of them, actually. We're looking at Eric Jones versus Clint Boyer. Now, the odds here surprised me. Eric Jones was minus 118. Clint Boyer, who we talked about a second ago in the top 10 section, minus 105. So that's telling me that Jones is the favorite. And that got my attention. I had to say, all right. I'm looking at this matchup with a little bit more of a, a microscope because I need to understand where they're coming from with this. So this is a situation of two guys. One is pointing his way into the next round because that's all they're focused on in the 14 team is just getting into the next round. Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got a guy who's going all out trying to find a new ride. Now, we'll talk about maybe silly season next week. But I tend to feel like these guys have a sense of where they're going to land at this point. I mean, he's been a free agent for long enough. 
And uh, I, I feel like he's not too stressed out about it, but at the same time, he's trying to get some more sponsors. So he's going all out. Now, let's take a look at the stats. We called Boyers out a little bit ago, but I'll just reiterate here. I mean, he's got solid numbers here. Five straight top 10s. Eight of the last 10 races, he has a top 10. Fourth out of all active drivers in average finish, which is 9.5. Second place here in the spring is driver ratings 13th out of all drivers, and he's starting 11th. So these are all reasons why you'd say, yeah, Boyer, no problem. I mean, he's in the playoffs, right? So why is he the underdog? Well, you look at Eric Jones. He's got seven starts here in his career, three top five finishes and three top tens. So he's really, you know, you can almost say right at that 50% mark, top five or nothing. You know what I mean? His average finish is 14.4. His driver rating is what stood out. It's fifth out of everyone. So Boyers is 13. So that tells you there's a pretty big gap there in terms of that stat. He finished fifth here in the spring. So very close to each other early on. In 2017, he led 260 laps in that race where he finished second. That's more laps than Boyers led in 10 races here. So really good stuff. You know, when you want to dive into it there, he starts 20th though. And on the season, I mean, this probably makes a little bit of sense because Clint's in the playoffs and Jones isn't, but head to head during the season, Clint has the 18 to 10 advantage. Now, when you look at these head to head matchups week in and week out, you typically don't see that big of a stretch. And um, I'd have to say, I mean, it's just really surprising that Jones would be the favorite there because then when you look at Bristol, Clint has the 5-2 advantage in the seven races they've been in the same same race. So I'm going to go with Clint Boyer here, the underdog, minus 105. I mean, lock me in. It just seems to make a lot of sense to take the guy with some better stats, and he's giving you a better value here. So playoffs, trying to point his way in, trying to mind his P's and Q's. Jones you know, might get a little out of whack trying to do something where he has more chance to take a risk. Give me the guy playing it safe this time. Clint Boyer, minus 105. Our next matchup is a battle of teammates. And it's not the battle of teammates that we've talked about a few times in recent episodes. No, this is a new one that I remember seeing on the sports books for a while. I, I can't remember the last time I saw this one. Austin Dillon taking on Tyler Reddick. Really great matchup. Great job here by the books to put this one out. So Dillon going off as the favorite, minus 125. Tyler Reddick, plus 105. So this is a matchup where we don't have a lot of data to go off of or positive stuff for either one of these two guys, but there's one big factor that's standing out to me as the the difference maker. But let's try to hit a couple stats while we're talking about it. So we'll start with Austin Dillon. In his last 10 races here, that stretch of time, he has one top five and two top tens. That includes a sixth-place finish, though, this past year in the spring race in 2020. All right, not great other than that. I mean, that sixth-place finish, they're going to be using that for a lot of notes, I would imagine, as best they can. His average finish, though, like I said, it's not great, 17.7. One positive thing that he has going for him is this momentum has given him a fifth-place starting position, where the place where track position means a lot. Now, with Tyler Reddick being a rookie, not a lot of stats to go off of. I mean, he's had some success in some lower series, but 
in this matchup, I don't think that's going to really do us that great. He has had one race here. It was a spring race we just talked about. Austin finished six. Well, where did his teammate finish? 36. So not great at all in his only start here in the Cup Series. He's starting 17th. So way further back from Austin in this matchup. Now, one surprising thing when we were looking at the stats, found Tyler Reddick head-to-head -head this season has a 14-13 lead on Austin Dillon. That's really surprising and really great job for that eight team. I mean, it just shows you that these two teams are, you know, very in sync, and that's great for RCR moving forward, I would say. Uh, you have a, a guy who's really making a run in the playoffs, but yet the teammates right there with him in these head-to-head -head matchups throughout the year. But the big difference maker, I heard an interview with the CTO, all right, Chief Technology Officer at RCR this week on SiriusXM, and he was talking all about the the data and the analytics and how they make decisions from a command center that's not at the racetrack tuning in to the different crew chiefs. And it really sounded like he didn't say it straight up, but he said it kind of in between the lines that, yes, they want that eight car to get a victory this season. But as long as Austin Dillon is in the playoffs, that is their main concern. And they're almost going to be using that eight car kind of like a guinea pig for Austin to essentially get notes off of and, and try to, you know, test things out and take different shots. I mean, they want that team to succeed. Yes. And they're not going to just throw away the season, but at the same time, Austin's what matters for that team. He's the moneymaker right now. So that is why I'm taking Austin Dillon minus 125. It's because that team is going to be doing everything possible to get that three car as far up as possible. And if that means, you know, taking the eight car down a peg or two, so be it. So in this matchup this week, they're trying to get him through to the next round. I'm going with the three car over the eight minus 125. Now, a big matchup to end it here. Battle of just big time names. And it's a crazy, awesome matchup, but very interesting. Ryan Blaney minus 150, the big time favorite over Martin Truex Jr. Why is this crazy? Because Blaney has had a horrible playoff so far. And Truex, we've talked about him. I mean, he's killing it. Had a top five streak going, really on fire. But this is a racetrack where Truex just really, really struggles. Blaney's not that much better at it. That's what's a, a little surprising. Minus 150, that's the, the biggest favorite we've seen in these matchups I've laid out so far. So we'll take a look at Blaney. First stat I go to is average finish, 20.7. Not great. But to spin it towards the positive, in his last 10 races, he has one top five and four top 10 finishes. That's not bad. You know, he had a 40th place finish in the spring. So he finished dead last in 2020, but he crashed. So that's why that took place. But before that, three straight top 10 finishes. So when he joined the 12 team, he had a lot of good runs and just kind of shit the bed in the first race this year. So, you know, kind of throw that out as an outlier. That's definitely going to hurt his average finish in a short career or, you know, those numbers are going to dwindle. His driver rating is what speaks volumes to me this week. Tenth 
out of all active drivers. So even though his average finish is pretty down, his driver rating pretty good compared to everyone else. It's 90.2. So that's pretty solid. I like that string of top tens he put together. So there's something to that minus 150 mark when you compare it to Truex, who's going off plus 125, big time underdog. He has one top 10 in his last 10 races, and that was an eighth place finish in 2017. His average finish is just about the same, 20.4. His driver rating is 14th. So Blaney's was 10th, Truex is 14th. Not good. So there's so many different ways to play this. All right. If you're someone who, like we talked about, you know, in the prop section, taking him to finish in the top five, talking about Truex. I mean, you could play that angle and say, I want to take the better value, the better odds, and just kind of take a risk on a guy who typically stinks at this racetrack, but he's going to use this momentum that he has going forward to you know, propel himself to victory in this head-to-head matchup. That is one way to play it, all right? And I wouldn't fault you for doing that. But me, this week, I think I'm going to play the other angle. I'm going to go with Blaney. He's got better stats. He likes this racetrack more. It's just clear. Looking at the data, he just likes it better. And he has everything to lose, but also nothing to lose. I mean, he's dead last in the playoffs, minus 27 points back from the cut line. He's not going to point himself in. He needs to win. So... You know, we'll talk about that in a second for the the championship hunt. Yes, I, I, you know, spoiler alert, I am going to talk about him to win the championship for a second. But, you know, he needs to win. So he's going to go for it. And I I really think he's going to make a push. And I think uh, he will win this matchup versus the 19 car. So lock it in. The 12, Ryan Blaney, minus 150 in this matchup. So just to recap all four of them, we're going with Johnson plus 100, Boyer minus 105, Dylan Austin, Dylan minus 125, and Ryan Blaney minus 150. Let's go. So to wrap it up this week, we're going to talk about NASCAR championship odds so these are picks to win the championship and how the sports books have everything laid out. I was going to talk about silly season because it's just in full effect right now, but I've kind of got the itch. We'll save that for next week, see if any shoes drop in terms of the, the free agency signings and things like that. I've got the itch for the, the future picks, the championship picks, because I saw a guy on Instagram post his ticket of a bet that he made in Vegas. This is clearly before coronavirus hit. He was in the sports book and placed a bet on a bunch of different championships. And one of the last legs to this parlay, he parlayed a bunch. He had the Chiefs. He had the Nationals winning the World Series. And one of the last legs that this guy has was the Stanley Cup pick. And he took the Dallas Stars. And I remember thinking to start the playoffs, that's a wild pick. But they're in the championship. They're in the Stanley Cup. So it just has me thinking about NASCAR's championship, the the championship four, and the odds that are out there right now, because I do think that there are some value, but it really depends on where you're looking. So for example, I want to start, and one of the other reasons that I'm thinking about this is because of Kozlowski's win last Saturday night, because of what they were talking about with the race car that he won with. They were saying that in that conversation where he was calling his shot about winning at Richmond, they were saying that they love this race car and they're bringing it to Phoenix if they were to make it to that point. 
And we were saying on a few episodes in the past that he's kind of been that third fiddle to the Harvick-Hamlin duo. He's been on the outside looking in, and I think you could pretty much consider him a big-time player to make that Final Four at the end of the year in Phoenix. So what that tells you is if he just gets there, they are super confident in the vehicle that they have with them to win that championship. So immediately my mind was like, all right, well, what is his odd right now to win the championship? And it's plus 650. Now, typically, NASCAR, the sports books, when a driver wins a race, the odds to win the championship are completely skewed. But Kozlowski's, he was only going off at like plus 700 a week ago. Now he's only going off at plus 650. So that tells me that there's still an opportunity to get him at a pretty good value. Because if he were to win again this weekend, you're not going to see him at plus 650 for the rest of the year. I couldn't imagine. So this is a good pick if you are a fan of the two car or if you're a fan of just good gambling, good you know future picks. This is a good one. Because if he gets there, he has a legit shot of winning that race. And you're really going to need to, to make it happen to win that title. So plus 650 for the two car. I really like that if you're into these future championship picks. Now, the favorites right now, Harvick is plus 175. I, I can't touch that. It's just too, it's too short. It's not long enough for me, plus 175. And then Hamlin's kind of right behind him, plus 275. It's getting a little bit better for you, but still, I feel like Hamlin's number has a chance to maybe go up a little bit if he were to kind of go winless for a little bit of a stretch here, maybe three more races or so, he goes winless. That number might creep up a little bit to plus 400, and that's when I would snag Hamlin because I feel like this is Denny's year to win the title, uh, honestly. So, those are, you know, some of the favorites that are going off. Now, if you want to look at some long shots, I've been harping on the fact that Kyle Busch at some point has to become a player. You know, that sleeping giant has to wake up. So if you were into that type of concept, he's going off at plus 1,400. And they keep talking about the Tony Stewart comparison when he was entering the playoffs with no wins. And then he went on a big streak in the playoffs and won the championship. So if Kyle does do something to that magnitude, we are all going to be kicking ourselves if we didn't get him at plus 1,400 to win the championship. If he's going into the Final Four and he's going off like plus 300, that's that's going to be tough to swallow if you don't take that number because he you know, is really the last guy on this list of the, the odds before a big-time plateau. After plus 1,400, it drops big time. So really stands out to you. He's the biggest name at that point, you know, in the odds list. Um, Chase is going off at plus 1100, but I don't know about Chase. He's just not proving it yet. So I don't think I would put my money down on him just yet. Truex is another favorite plus 700. He strikes me as a guy who could just point himself into a championship. Remember a while back, Ryan Newman almost won a title, not winning a race all year. And I feel like Truex is just going to top three, top four, top five, these guys to death and possibly win a title that way. Now, if you want to talk just an absolute super, super long shot, bear with me for this one, Ryan Blaney. You're, you're calling me crazy, and I know it's crazy, because Blaney is in a must-win situation this weekend at Bristol at a racetrack where he's not great. But if Blaney were to do the unthinkable and win this race on Saturday night, 
he would be back in the game. He's going to tracks that he's good at. I mean, the Roval, he has a win. That's next time around. Talladega, that's his stuff. Next round is Ryan Blaney's round. So if he were to make it through, he's back in the ball game. And his odds to win the championship right now are plus 10,000. It's because of the fact it's a must win. So anytime I see plus 10,000, it's going to just say, make me say, all right, what the hell? Why not throw 10 bucks down? You know what I mean? And if you were to win the title, that's a, a huge payout. <laughs> Why not is my thought process there. Uh, I know that it's probably not going to happen. The odds are telling you it's not going to happen. But if that crazy thing were to take place, now you're in it. And those odds are going to shoot down like to probably plus 3,000, maybe 2,500. You're not going to get them at that number. So, hey, what the hell? That's my mentality. I'm going to throw something down on them just for the hell of it, just to give you something else to root for this Saturday night. You know, kind of a long shot to win the race. But uh, plus 10,000 win the title, it's not going to happen, but makes it a little bit more fun. So the, that's the look at the futures pick to win the championship right now. That picture is going to change week by week as these sports books are fickle. So you got to, like stocks, you got to get them at the right time. You don't want to fall behind and, and be reactive. You got to be proactive. And that's what we're talking about right now. So take some time, peruse that, and maybe make some picks before the cutoff this weekend to get some good values on these guys. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Full Tank with Phil podcast. A little long one this week, so I appreciate you hanging in there. I'm just too excited for this night race coming up at Bristol. So let's cash those bets. Let's hit all of those head-to-head matchups and then some props. And we're going to hit that money line this week. I can feel it. Let's get ready. Let's finish off this round of the playoffs. And let's move on to the round of 12 next week at Vegas. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go.